Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Wednesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in with us here on Birds 365. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We got you for the next couple hours to talk Philadelphia Eagles and football in general because they got a big game coming up about 11 days from now that, yeah, uh, at least I have interest in and I would think Eagle fans would have some interest in because this time last year, get ready for the Eagles playing in the Super Bowl. That's not the case this year. Uh, but we will not ignore the uh, Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, Johnny Mack on the Eagle front, no real news yesterday. No new additional hires, guys that either Vic Fangio or Kellen Moore will be adding to their staff. Um, they've moved pretty damn quickly, got the coordinators in place early, and have already had a couple of uh, positional coaches added to the staff. A little bit of a uh, downtime, or the next one you expect to be a Kellen Moore add on the offensive side? Well, yeah, I've been expecting the quarterback coach to come pretty quickly because I think it's going to be Doug Nussmeyer, um, simply because he's been with uh, um, Kellen for a number of years. Um, generally, you hear, you know, on a lot of things are changing rapidly in the NFL, but the senior bowl is typically a place where you interview and hire assistants. So uh, things can, but I, I, I heard yesterday how he's not even there. So maybe he's coming late. Uh, um, Nick's not even there. So maybe they're coming late um, only for a couple days. So we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, I expect, it to fill out pretty quickly on both sides. And uh, Doug is, is the one 
obvious one, I would say. But, you know, maybe he's got other options. Maybe you got to work something else. Who knows how that stuff kind of unfolds. I would say there was some interesting stuff from the senior Boldo and that fact that Greg Bedard all of a sudden drops that. Oh, yeah, the Eagles were interested in Bill Belichick. I don't know if you saw him. Like, and Greg's not, you know, Greg's plugged in. Uh, that's not your typical uh, somebody speculating like A.J. Brown's getting traded. That's not some wild speculation. That guy is plugged in when it comes to the Patriots. So I, you know, the eyebrows raised when I, when I saw that. Um, and now, now hold on a second. Was it Greg, uh, Greg Bedard reporting it? Uh, he didn't and- report it. He said it on a radio show in, uh, okay. in, uh, up, up, up in the Boston area. Right. And, right. uh, and, I, yeah, I, don't, it, I don't know. Sorry to interrupt. I don't know if you saw it. Just absolutely pisses me off as a radio guy. Um, Mike Florio took a shot in the reporting of that yesterday that Greg Bedard said it on the radio. Didn't put it under his byline. So you can get away with anything. You can say anything the hell you want on the radio. It really doesn't count unless you put it under your byline. Well, it, it, You're it a writer. I'm a radio guy. Here's my Mike uh, Florio salute. You're not held accountable for anything you say on the radio. Well, there's a difference. There's a difference. And and because I do it both, there is a difference. And I'm usually with you. I'm usually in the Florio douchebag category. But uh, and he's, you know, spends his life aggregating other people's work and then takes shots. If you you say something on your stupid TV show with Chris. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't really count until you put it on your website. Now the only thing until you type it out and put it somewhere so it can be well if Greg in 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 Greg's defense, he he said, you know, he was asked about senior bowl scuttlebutt. Uh, uh, he's down at the senior bowl. And there's as I said, it's typically a convention of NFL coaches and personnel people. Um, so you know, when you're down there, you do pick up uh some info. And they they were asking him specifically about Senior Bowl scuttlebutt. And he framed it in a way that he wasn't reporting it. He said he heard through, and he actually said Senior Bowl rumor mill is that the Eagles were very interested in in Belichick if things didn't work out with Nick Sirianni, meaning if Nick didn't agree to all the changes that were decreed. That's another thing. By the way, if the Eagles – you know, part of what the Eagles do that I don't think they don't get is outside, like everybody in this league thinks Nick got ordered to to fire his coordinators and his assistant coaches. Whether that's true or not, that's the belief around the league. Um, and, and I think the Eagles sometimes forget about that. Um, and, you know, when it comes to the perception in the industry, as opposed to outside the industry, which isn't important. But in this particular instance, you know, he said two teams were back-channeling on on, on Bill during the season, and he knew one was Atlanta, um, and he didn't know who the other one is, and now he's pretty convinced, that's the term he used, that the Eagles were the other one. Um, I mean, if that's the case, what the hell are you doing? What 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 are we doing here? And and I think Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. 
you're in season. You're already thinking about, uh, uh, I, I said, you know, Nick Sirianni. I criticized Nick Sirianni. What are you thinking about demoting Sean Desai when you're eight and one? If you're the Eagles and you're you're kind of falling apart late and you're already back channel, who knows when it started? I don't I know. It's a mess. It is a mess, Joe. So your your problem is with back channeling? Is that what you're saying? Just you you should be zero laser focus on the task at hand. Well, you should be zero logo laser focus, but that's not the it's the whole thing. It's the whole thing from start start to soups nuts from start to finish that the ordering of the head coach to fire people to hire people to get rid of people he respects and likes to hold on just fire the guy if you don't if, if you don't believe in him it's a giant flipping mess and i would have said the same thing if doug peterson agreed to to come back uh uh it's it's a mess. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a mess. And, and by the way, now that Ben Johnson is is going back to Detroit, and and that guy, what's fifteen million dollars a year as a first time head coach? Yeah. Um, and by the way, the Eagles aren't hiring him if he wants fifteen million dollars a year. However, you're going to hear this on W, and I guarantee you, Jody, the entire stinking year. You're going to hear about Ben Johnson and Bill Belichick unless the Eagles start 10 and one. And unless they're a significant Super Bowl contender, you're going to be fielding calls on every stinking shift about Ben Johnson and Bill Belichick. And the Eagles can say, that's unfair. You created this. That's you true. created this atmosphere. And and, and, and be, be prepared for it, Jody, because you're going to get it. We're going to get it, and you're right, the Eagles are going to get it. And I have much less of a problem with the way this offseason has played itself out, that they demanded, and I think that is not too strong a word, Nick Sirianni, you're moving on from your coordinators. We're going to have two new coordinators here, and then we're going to give them some latitude to pick guys to work underneath them. So your coaching staff is going to look drastically different than it did at the end of the season. And you need to sign off on this now, Nick, or you're going to leave the room and Jeffrey and I are going to have another conversation and we may call you back in and go, just like we said, the coaching staff is going to be different because you're not going to be running it. Thank you very much for your participation. That's the way that it played out. And I don't have a problem with that. And I don't even have a problem with the fact that yeah, they're they're undercutting the guy, and he certainly enters the season with less of a power base than he did before. He knows his marching orders, and it can work with him as a CEO coach. Yes, there are even levels to being a CEO coach, and I wouldn't say he's at the top level. I don't have a problem with the way that he handled it. Will it work? Will it fail miserably? Well, we'll have to let the season play out, but I don't think that they did something outrageous that nobody's ever done before. But one of the offsprings of it, as you just pointed out, and they got to be ready to deal with it, is the coach starts the season on the hot seat. There's, it, 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 I won't use the word lame duck. And again, we get into some mental debates in uh, talk, sports talk, uh, talk radio, call whatever you want. Um, I don't think he's a uh, lame duck because he's got another year to go on his contract, but he's on the hot seat. He knows it. The Eagles know it. Every single fan on the face of the planet who calls themselves an Eagle fan knows it. So you got to deal with the fallback, which is 
People are going to be, oh, Belichick to come in. Oh, they're going to pay that big tab for uh, their job. Yeah, that's part of next year. When you do what you did, and it's within your rights to do it, and it could very well work, and I'm not going to complain about it, but you are changing the dynamic of what you're going to have to listen to from your public. They're going to all year long be talking about Nick Sirianni. How is he dealing with being on the hot seat? That That's just part of it. Uh, and I think they're up to that. You think Howie Roseman is hearing that stuff? You think he's worrying about that stuff? Or do you think it's like water off a, off a duck's back? Well, I don't know. He looked pretty beaten down uh, during the postseason press conference. I think Marcus, you know, called the bags under his eyes, wind socks. And he looked like he'd been tra- uh, shoveling Jeffrey's Lori's uh, uh, driveway out. So you can imagine how big that is during the snowstorm. Um, so he, he, he didn't look like he was taking it well. I, I would say that neither did Nick. Uh, I, I, we all said, you know, let, let me jump in. Let me ask you a question off that. It's, um, the, your observation is on point. Um, do you think from a Howie perspective, that's more because he doesn't like when he has to do this, he doesn't like putting his coach under this kind of microscope and pressure or do you think that Jeffrey applied a little pressure to his general manager as well? I think Jeffrey applied a little pressure to his general manager as well. I think the assumption is, and, and by the way, I'm, you know, compared to most GMs uh, in this league, Jeffrey has a extremely long leash, as I talk about all the time. That's one of the advantages that uh, he has over the other people. But Jeffrey's already proven twice that he will move on from people he's extremely close to first Joe Banner mm-hmm. and then Howie the first time. So it's not like he's got a lifetime contract. Um, and we always talk about everybody having a shelf life and his shelf life is just a hell of a lot longer um, than most people. Most mm-hmm. GMs are bananas. You buy them, you got two days and you better get them done or they're <laughs> worthless. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's a Twinkie. He's got a long shelf life. But eventually, it's going to get a little stale. Um, so, yeah, I I think there was some pressure. And the word I keep hearing is uncomfortable. He wants to make people uncomfortable. He thinks people got too comfortable. Um, and I get that part of it. Um, and you mentioned they're not the first team. I'm by no means am I saying they're the first team to do this, this kind of stuff. But this is what bad organizations do. This is not what good organizations do. They want to profess themselves as... And I'm not even going to use gold standard because Jeffrey thinks that's one of his major mistakes. But he always wanted to be the Patriots, the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady Patriots. That's what he wanted to be. And, you know, he's he's put together one of the most well-regarded franchises in the NFL. That still stands today. Um, I would say they're one of the more well-regarded organizations in the NFL. But this is what bad organizations do. And when you start doing stuff like this, um, all of a sudden you're not going to reach that level you want to reach when it comes to reputation and things like that. Not that that's reputation is important, but I do think it's important for him. So, you know, it, 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 there's a little bit of a, a, a disconnect. Again, when he doesn't reach expectations, he is, man, he is. And, and some people might look at that as a good thing. Some people might look at that as a good thing to have high standards and say, if you don't reach these high standards, uh, you're going to pay. Um, 
I think he's too harsh. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many ways I can say it, but I think he's too harsh. This team won 11 stinking games. How many teams won 11 games in the NFL? There's 32 teams. I get the end of the season was a disaster, but you're in a position where you have to take the step back and you can't act emotional. You can't act like the 2 a.m. caller who's saying fire everybody. Um, And by the way, if you want to fire everybody, let's be honest. Everybody says, you know, when you talk about the head coaches versus the players, what, what does everybody say, Jody? You're that you're the son of a, a former GM in a different sport, but nonetheless, same type of thing. Everybody says you, you, you can't fire all the players. So you got to fire the coach. Well, that's true. You can't fire all the players. And sometimes you need to move on from the coach and maybe it's unfair, but you know, you're firing what, what ends up, you know, coaching staffs are 20 plus deep on the Philadelphia Eagles. You're firing whatever it ends up being 15 guys fire the head coach and, and start it, start over. If that's your belief, you got to get these guys who have insulated the head coach who are loyal to the head coach, who the head coach is loyal to, and you want to remove all of them, then just remove the head coach. I, I'll give you an example of one time when this actually worked. There, there are, Three different ways Jeffrey could have handled it during this offseason. Fire everybody, as you just said. Start at the, the head and work your way down. And once again, like we've already seen, Jeff Stoutman stays. Everybody else got the hell out. Uh, and that could have happened again. Or you could have said continuity wins, continuity rules. We won 11 games. Or the numbers that Howie threw out. 26 and four prior to our six game losing. So, uh, fine, we know what the numbers are. They're outrageously good, but then they got outrageously bad. We're going to just overlook the six of seven collapse, historic collapse, and we're just going to keep everything in place. Or there's a middle ground, and that's some go, some stay. And that's what the Eagles chose, and they decided to stay with Sirianni. John, I was still doing shows in New York. I was probably down here in Philadelphia, but I'm doing doing both FAN and, and WIP. And there was a large contingent of Giant fans that wanted to see Tom Coughlin gone. When he first came to the Giants, taskmaster that he was, if you're not five minutes early, you're officially late. Veteran guys didn't like him a little bit. Got to get this death sergeant out of here, run him out of town. And they stayed the course. They made coaching changes. They asked Coughlin to re and, and Coughlin himself made changes and lightened up the way that he did things. They kept Coughlin in place when the majority of the fan base was screaming for his head on a pike. And Coughlin responded by winning Super Bowls. So it can be done. You can keep a guy in place as the head coach, but still make other changes. And sometimes it works out. That's a, a, a one case, and it happens all the time in the National Football League. So I'm not saying, oh, my God, it's going to be the exact same thing for the Eagles. Who the hell knows whether it's going to work or not? But it is outrageous to take the course of action that the Eagles have taken. Others have before and seen it work for them. Well, uh, you're right. You're certainly right about Tom um, and and some of the angst and pushback Um and you were closer to that situation than me. Um, now, 
I don't know if they allowed him or if he made decisions to change uh, coordinators or he was ordered to, but the feeling here is that Nick was ordered to. So I think that changes the, the dichotomy a little bit. Um, and I don't know where Nick is personally, you know, I, you know, people, I, I'm not, I can't tell anybody to walk away from a $7 million a year job. I mean, I think that's unrealistic. So I'm not going to blame him, but I am a little surprised considering how loyal he's been to his coaches, how he's talked about his coaches, um, that he didn't go the Doug Peterson route. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, and and you have all this, and as I said, Philadelphia's a little bit different. Even as strange as it sounds, even even the New York, the biggest media market in the world, the Eagles have the largest media contingency in the NFL. And you know, we do this show. There's other shows that have uh, popped up. I think partially because of the success of this show, but nonetheless, um, you know, people are always talking about this team, and they're always under the microscope, and this Belichick stuff and this Ben Johnson stuff, which has, but by the way, the Ben Johnson stuff has nothing to do with them. It's just the natural evolution of where fans are going to go. And you created this environment. So yes, winning cures everything. If you win, nothing matters, nothing. They might all hate each other and, and it still doesn't matter. If you have better players than everybody else and you're going to win a lot, none of it's going to matter. And that's, if I'm Howie, that's the way I'm approaching this. Just get the best roster and it'll take care of itself. But I don't think they're going to have the best roster because they have so many holes to fill, so many things they have to do, so many decisions they have to make. And then it becomes more important to have the right people in place to maximize what you have. And boy, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it a little bit, the way this is unfolding. And I'll tell you that I'm more questioning the fact that Howie is not at the senior bowl practices because I've been saying this for the better part of, of a week now. At some point, the worm will turn and the attention will become to the players rather than the coaches. We're now analyzing, probably overanalyzing the defensive back coach hiring. Yeah, the, who the actual defensive backs are going to be is going to have a lot bigger impact on whether the Eagles win or lose games next year than the guy who's standing on the sidelines putting them in the best position possible. But it's the way that the NFL season works. You get your coaching staff in play. But you're usually supposed to going to be ready to hit the ground running when you know you're not competing in the, the, the Super Bowl. You need to be there for the next churn, for the next move of player moves. And well, and by the way, I'm not there, obviously. I wish I was there. I did, from the people I saw that are there, nobody spotted Howie. That doesn't mean he's not there. Um, but I, I didn't see anybody typically. Well, have you done senior ball weeks before? Yeah, yeah. While Howie was the general manager? Um. Well, not when I haven't been there in years. So not okay. when I was covering the Eagles. So uh, I wasn't paying attention. I was paying and attention. I, I never things. have been, but I like you talk to Eagles guys. If Howie's there, you know how he's there. Howie, Howie is not a guy who's going to be hiding back in his hotel. Well, room. And, and 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 like and well, if you're there, you're not going to be hiding in your hotel room. But in you know, you can also come in late. You know, they might be coming in 
later in the, in the, in the, in the process. So I, I don't want to say he's not going to be there. No, and um, I know you. I know you didn't say that. I didn't say that either. But they've already missed the first day of practices, and that's not the usual mo of the Eagles. They're usually there all week long, and it's probably because yeah, they are making as many. Well, a lot of recent seasons they haven't been there, but they haven't been there because they've been playing. Like last year, they weren't. Right, last, because, you're right. Yeah. Last year, Howie was kind of busy. I get that, yeah. but if they're yeah. not in the Super Bowl and they uh, have been to a couple Super Bowls, which is more than most teams in the National Football League over the last uh, decade. But, uh, yeah, I was referring to years where they're completely available, not prepping. And, and people from the Eagles, year. people from the Eagles are there, just not Howie and Nick weren't spotted, but they have people there. So Alec Alibi's there. I know Jeff Scott's there, one of their personnel guys. I think he was spotted. A couple other guys, um, but so they have people there. It's not like they don't have people on, on, on boots on the ground, so to speak. So um, just wanted to clarify that. When your two biggest boots <clears throat> are still in the closet. Yeah, I, I'm questioning that. Sorry, Eagle fans. If uh, you, How dare you question Howie and Nick Sirianni? Everybody on the planet's questioning Nick Sirianni these days. Well, so a lot of teams, that. you know, the Rams being the most notable, they don't even go to the combine anymore. Never mind the Super Bowl. They they have scouts, but Sean McVay, Les Snead, they don't even go because the assumption is they get more work done if they stay back in, in their facilities. Um, so the NFL's changing a little bit when it comes to stuff like that. that yeah, day. so 31 out of the 32 teams have. No, there's more than – I just used the Rams were the first. There are many more, uh, the copycats, that don't – you will see – when the combine comes, you will be stunned how many coaches are not talking because they're not there. Because you have to talk. The coach and the GM has to talk. If you're the a defendant, that's right. Yeah. And there will be multiple coaches missing, multiple GMs missing because it has started down that route. The Rams, I just mentioned the Rams because they were the first that I know of. But last year, there were a number of coaches missing. And a number of GMs missing. And just a quick note, and we'll, we got plenty of time to get to this, and we need to get to Mike Gill because he's already logged in with us. Um, I talked to Rick Saratella this weekend. A change at the combine this year. You know, players are allowed to have uh, individual meetings with teams. You schedule who you want to see, and then they give you only so much time, whatever. They're having group meetings that players are going to meet with groups of teams and it will be done in more like an auditorium than a uh, individual hotel room that you're going to be able to send in two representatives, six teams at a time around like a circle firing questions at the young guy. They're doing it to try and just be a little bit more efficient with the process. No. Sounds really friggin' weird to me. You're asking questions while teams are sitting there that you might want to take a player over in the draft where we move up to take the guy. Remember what he said in the question session. Just weird. There's going to be some changes to the combine, but uh, shame on any team that shows up without their coach and their general manager for the combine. That's my opinion. That's why we're here to give you our opinions. McMullen, McDonald, we're going to get the opinion of Mike Gill, our guy from down the shore. He's up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes 
and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles. You've got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. We've got Mike Gill from uh, the Sports Fast 97.3 ESPN Radio down the shore. Uh, and it looks like he's in a hoodie today uh, at what I'd be correct, Florida Atlantic hoodie. Okay. Um, would, I, would I be correct in assuming you went hoodie because you heard the report from Boston yesterday that there was back, back channeling between the Eagles and Bill Belichick that he if he became available they'd have interest. That you're 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 making a Belichickian hoodie stand, aren't you? Right, I am the hoodie now. I, I did tell John I was going to go polo today, but then pulled an audible at the last minute because where I have to go after this, I need something a little a uh, little bit more uh, warm. So yeah, the Belichick stuff was interesting. I, I definitely figure that um, there was a lot of people in my audience, Jody. Um, 
on the radio that have this perception that a guy like Belichick wouldn't work with Howie Roseman because everybody feels that Roseman's so hands-on and that they basically, uh, and, and now this is like the second time. I, I don't know if you guys, did you hear the Julian Edelman comments that he said that Belichick really respected Roseman and would love oh, to yeah. work with, with him? Um, they're, and very, they're very close. That was yeah. part of it. Yeah. And these comments also suggested that Belichick and Roseman would get along fine, which would then ask, I'm sure everybody wondering would say, well, then why didn't they talk to Belichick then? Um, a lot of the stuff that I've been reading and hearing, in fact, I was reading an article from Andrew Brandt right before I came on it, basically suggesting a lot of teams just feel like maybe the game is, I don't want to say past him, but they're looking for younger, longer term people. They're looking to find the next Belichick, not Belichick now. Because they're all like, morons. <laughs> yeah, they all want they all want the guys going to be there for 25 years. And, you know, like Carolina, they get guys who are going to be there for a year, maybe less than a year because they keep the churn going. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do think people don't really, like how he's very close to Dave Ziegler, their, their former, the Raiders former GM was the Patriots essentially was their GM, but they didn't call him that. Uh, he's very close to Josh McDaniels. He recommended him to be the head coach in 2021. He's very close to Matt Patricia. That's the reason Matt was here. Yeah, he's got this uh, close relationship. And Jeffrey's obviously obsessed with the Patriots. Um, so that's the connection. It's a real connection. Um, but yeah, I always kind of put it to the side because of that reason that, well, Bill's going to want personnel control. And that's probably why he's not, to be honest, the head coach in Atlanta right now. Right. That's what right. I was going to say. Might have been just a radio report or might have actually been under someone's byline. But I know I read at least twice that through the lengthy interview process they had, too, with Belichick, yeah, the owner came out of it going, wait a minute, he's going to run everything? Yeah. That he's going to make all the decisions. And he came out and he laid out how he's run his organization. He wants to run the exact same organization in Atlanta. And they said, yeah, no, give us Raheem Morris. That kind of tells you that Belichick wasn't ready, no matter how much he respected Howie Roseman, to change, have a leopard change his spots. I just don't buy that that was happening. Yeah, and it's funny because I guess the um, – was it was it a – conversation on the radio is this yeah it was, yeah yeah greg okay. uh was asked about the senior bowl greg bedard the senior bowl rumor right. mill what he heard and he's and a that. writer who yeah. was on the radio right yes okay. it doesn't it was, according to mike florio it doesn't really count well i was wondering if it was a, a, a report that he wrote or did was it a reporter no. who was on the radio i i no, read it this morning i woke no. up way too early this morning i got all this stuff in my head no. um and no. the thought that the thing that i thought was interesting in it was i guess the suggestion was made that if things kind of go awry um in the middle of the season say yeah hey, well, that's what I was saying. The worst part of this, we can talk about whether Bill would acquiesce to Howie, how close the relationship was. But to your point, Mike, they didn't talk to Bill Belichick because Nick Sirianni agreed to all the um, um, instances. Obviously, they would have talked to him if they fired the head coach. They didn't talk to any. Well, they back channeled, but they didn't talk to anybody officially. 
because right. they didn't fire the head coach. So that part of it um, makes some sense. Now, to your point, and this is what I already brought up with Jody, you not only have Belichick, you also have Ben Johnson going back to Detroit. So you know you're going to get – Jody takes phone calls. You take text messages. You're going to get text messages. Oh, we need Ben Johnson. If they're 2-2, two two, we need Ben Johnson. We need Bill Belichick. Right. He created this environment. Yeah, I don't they did. Environment to create. Yeah, and I guess you can say, you know, why would Sirianni agree to this? But what else was he going to do realistically? I think he was in a different spot than Doug where – I think Doug said, I don't need this. I'll take the year off and I'll get right back into it. I don't know that Sirianni has that fallback. Uh, he might be, I don't know, was he even getting a coordinator job? If he if he just said, you know what, I'm not doing this, I'm out. Is he getting Boy, a I, I, I'm amazed how many people don't think he'd get another head coaching job. Are you kidding me? 667, three consecutive playoff bursts. Some of the dogs that get coaching jobs in this league. He might have had to set up, sit out a year, and maybe he didn't want to because he's a young man. I don't right. even think he would accept a coordinator position because he's getting another head coaching job. Now, the timing, as I said, he might have had to sit out a year, and maybe he doesn't want to because he is a young man, and he doesn't want to press pause on his career. Uh, so I can't speak directly to his thought process, but I'm a, I'm a little surprised he went along with this. I, I am because I think he's – easily getting a second chance yeah see that's where i guess we may disconnect a bit i i and listen his resume would suggest yes but it's almost one of those things where these teams are thinking like i don't know like did this guy get too much too fast and then just kind of crash i mean he's like the wolf of wall street over here like all of a sudden he's turning penny stocks over and making millions and then it just came crashing down and everyone's like see i knew that something was going on over there like i feel like there's an element of the league doesn't buy what has happened here with Nick. And it's one of these things. It's like almost like the Eagles season. The role that he has had in their success, it feels that nobody can put their finger on. Like, why is Nick Sirianni? Like, when you talk about teams, well, they got a great head coach, and he does this, and this is why. Sirianni just never seemed to get the credit for the good of this team. And that's the bizarre part about it is what role did he have in this team's height? And did they hit the apex with him? And did other teams around the league, would they say, uh, I, I'm not sure what he, what role he had no. in all this. And I'm not sure he could ever get back there. Yeah. I'm, I'm more with John on this one. I think, if if Dave Canales can get a head coaching job during his off <laughs> Dave season, Canales, are, are you Morris. telling me Nick Sirianni can't get a head coaching job if he uh, strong armed Eagles and said no, I'm not gonna? Uh, he, now it, it took a while to add to Jody's point. Raheem Morris, this is a second opportunity. Second job. He's 21 and 38. Third, third as job, right? Wasn't he interim too? My interim, interim, yeah, yeah. yeah. 21, so third, third 21. 21 and 38 as a head coach. He's getting a second opportunity. Well, third opportunity is Jody. Well, I don't count interim, but I don't I don't think that these I, I think these teams do such a terrible job of identifying candidates. Like oh, so do I. The, yeah. the the idea of a guy was the play caller on a team that was a good defense. Okay, great. He had he has great talent. 
But what qualifies that guy because he's a good defensive play? He might be the best defensive play caller. What qualifies him to run the entire organization? I don't understand how someone looks at, you know, Dan Quinn. Okay, you're a great defensive mind. Dallas has been okay. He was a he got Atlanta to the Super Bowl, by the way. And but do you really think that Dan Quinn is turning your organization around? Like, I don't understand how people identify certain coordinators because, and I love the thought of. Well, he had a bad game in the NFC Championship game, and that's going to disqualify him. Like, one game is not what is making you – but sometimes it feels that it is. That's the point is if a guy has a great – like Ben Johnson in the first half, this guy's going to be able to write his own check. Well, by the time that game ended – He tried, by the way. (laughs) I'm not so sure that Ben Johnson uh, has the audacity to ask for the kind of money he's asking for. Well, the first half, you thought he could. Yeah. And – Oh, by the way, just to, to put a little preventative medicine out there for my calls, your texts, our stream comments. <clears> here. <throat> when the Eagles get out two and three and you start screaming for, we need Ben Johnson immediately. When was the last time a coach of any magnitude was hired in season? You want to run Siri out of town? That's fine. That's after after that's week five. So who do you want? Vic Fangio coaching the team for the final 11 games Forget of the season that, that year? When, Somebody's got to take over the team. When and Johnson's the not going to walk off the Lions sideline as their offense coordinator no. and become the Eagles head coach. Come now, on. In theory, Bill would be available, though. Do you, well, do you what, think what, Bill what, Belichick what, joins the Eagles week six? No. That's no. not happening either. Right, right. When no. did somebody I'm just get saying. fired in season? And then the guy who replaced him came from another organization that was currently that's no, it's that's not, no, happened. it can't happen. The, the, the lines aren't no, the, the Ben Johnson stuff. Yeah, you would have to have. I think Kellen Moore would be the interim more than well, Kellen Moore is but, interesting because he was in LA this year, they needed an interim, and it wasn't him. Yeah. Well, sometimes, by the way, these guys don't want interim jobs. Um, and a lot of times they have to go two, three down the list because, A, they're too loyal to the head coach who got fired, or, um, you know, they don't want that interim stain, you know, on them. They're, and sometimes it can be a stain. Antonio Pierce was able to overcome it. Um, but usually people don't look seriously. And by the way, coach. correct me if I'm wrong, John, Kellen Moore interviewed for the head coaching job here yeah, in yeah, the Sirianni yeah. cycle. So, yeah. you know, I, I guess the Eagles may say if something goes awry, <laughs> Kellen, your opportunity's next. So, I, I mean, the whole thing is bizarre, but I will put this caveat on it. I actually am more optimistic than I feel like most people are about where Cody's pretty optimistic too. I'm not optimistic. I'm not optimistic. How this is going to, this reminds me a lot of two years ago when they got in as a wild card, they were a little bit of, now this team was supposed to do more, but everybody says like, ah, why even make the playoffs? You're just going to, you know, they went down there and they got whipped by Tampa. Same team. Two years ago. And I think it was an eye-opener of, we made the playoffs. There's a difference between a playoff team and that next level. And they were really aggressive. I mean, they went out on the first day and got Redick. And, and then they brought in Bradbury and traded for Cha- they traded for A.J. Brown and Chauncey Garner-Johnson. They brought in Ky- – I mean, they were really aggressive because they saw, hey, we're a playoff <laughs> team, but there's a difference. And I think they made the playoffs this year and got whipped and realized – 
our expectations may have been here, but we're here. We want to get back to here. So we're going to go get Vic Fangio, let him bring in more guys. We're going to go get the guy we want on offense. So I think you're going to see a very aggressive offseason. Well, that's I, I, I said that earlier in the show to Jody. I said, Howie better get to work because the, the, the way this works is to have better players than everybody else. Because if you're sort of a middling team and this typical NFL parity, one score game can go either way, I don't think this is going well. So the only way to overcome this to me is put the best roster together. And right. then you win games. And all intentions are necessary, but uh, getting down to the nitty and the gritty of it, you got to have the cap flexibility to do so. And two years ago, when they were working with a rookie quarterback on the second year of a four-year deal as a second-round draft pick, and Carson Wentz's dead cap hit, uh, dead cap money had already been absorbed, they had flexibility. They don't have near that flexibility this year. Now, there's a whole bunch of interesting factors about Jason Kelsey's contract and Fletcher contract. So they got some guys. They can create it. But as of right now, they don't have that kind of flexibility where you can go out and trade for an A.J. Brown and know you're going to immediately do his deal and have the money to be able to get that done. I think Howie has the desire and, and has the motivation, but does he just have the ability to do it? Because I think they're – uh, more of a strap cap team going into this offseason. There, right? There's also the element, and Jody, those are good points. And this is where, you know, Roseman, you know, he's that's how he sees in. He's the popular guy. And now there's starting to be some people questioning. And I can see how he just waiting for that moment to be like, I'm going to make that move that's going to have everybody saying, How did he do it? How it's how he sees it again. I would imagine he's just sitting and waiting for that date to be able to make that first move to just, you know, get himself March, right March back. March 14th, up. by the way, the start of March the 14th. new league year. Yeah. So, so I could just imagine him sitting there waiting for that opportunity for to, to for all the people who are starting to say things. Ah, he's missed a couple picks. You know, we talked about it with John yesterday on my show. You know, the revisionist draft history comes up quick. You know, Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> they could have had Brian Branch. Why Brian not Branch Why last Jordan year? Davis? Yeah. You know, those yeah. kind of things. This is the kind of season for the revisionist draft history. So I, I, I can imagine Howie is just waiting for his opportunity to kind of re-win everybody back over as they're starting to drift a little bit. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. And I think Howie, you know, Howie's a good GM. I don't think that's going to change. So – I think the Eagles are well set up to have a, a good offseason. Everything comes down to decisions, obviously. Um, and and if you get things right with particular players, and you know, there's a couple young players. Everybody was excited. You talk about the revisionist history. Everybody was so excited about having all the Georgia guys. Now we hear, well, what what happened to Nolan Smith? Can you believe in the Kobe Dean? Even Jordan Davis to a certain degree. I, I think everybody's still on board with Jalen Carter, I think, not positive, but um, all of a sudden, you know, who's number two? It might be Kaylee Ringo. He showed some signs as a outside corner uh, late in the season. It's funny how quickly things turn, and that's a little bit unfair when you're talking about young players because um, people need some time to develop, and everybody develops at a different level. 
I'm not ready to give up on Nolan Smith. I'm not ready to give up on the Kobe Dean. Not ready to. Do you feel not. better? Do you feel better about those younger guys getting a chance to work with Vic and his staff yes. as opposed to Desai and his staff? Yeah, I think Vic will look. If you're going to run the scheme, and I've said it to Jody a million times, I may have said it to you, Mike, a million and one times. I don't like this scheme. I don't like it. I didn't like people say I like Gannon. I didn't like it when Gannon ran it. Jody can tell you that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Um, but if you're going to run this scheme, this is the guy you want running it. Right. So from that well, perspective. And that is just the development of the players. You know, um, Can he get more out of certain guys than, than Desai was able to get? You know, that Those are the things that we'll have to find out as the season kind of progresses here. You know, why did Hassan Reddick's season seemingly – Take a step but, back. But here's 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 my question for both of you guys. And similar to what I said about players, you don't give up on players after a year. You might have to after two years, certainly after three years. You don't give up on, to use an example, Nolan Smith, because he had a disappointing rookie season. I'm not giving up on him. I don't think the Eagles are giving up on him. We'll see how it shakes out. Why does Jeffrey Lurie not realize if you're going down the routes of young coaches, in this particular case, Brian Johnson, Sean Desai, who you just mentioned, why does he not realize that learning on the job is is kind of baked in to that decision-making? I think there's a difference, though, between the, the player who is trying to learn from you and you're displaying that maybe that's – that you need to learn how to teach – and you don't have a lot of time to see whether or not that guy, you know, there, there was some reporting that Desai was a good play caller, but he was a little unsure of himself. Well, does he automatically gain that confidence? Like, he's been a coordinator. Maybe, maybe. after He's been a coordinator. He's been on staff. You would think like, hey, I'm, I'm here now. Why would I be unsure of myself if I've made it to this level and I've been a coordinator uh, by the way, Sean was in Chicago with Vic and Nick, eventually right. got that job after Vic left. And by right the away. way, one of the major reasons he got the Eagles job because Vic Fangio recommended him. That's a pretty good recommendation, there you by go. the way. Maybe Vic um, knew that he would be inept and that he would be out. Right. Do not think that is the case. But. Yeah, here's, here's my answer to your question. Well, I don't man. think the side was so inept. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm in jest no, on that. No, nor do I. Um, but here's my answer to John's question. These decisions as to when to move on from a guy and, and let him go in a job, whatever, not done in a vacuum. They're done. Uh, excuse me, they are done in a vacuum with the expectations of what the team had done previously attached. So when Brian Johnson took over, he had to know, I'm taking a team over a team as the offense quarter that was tied in the Super Bowl with 10 seconds to go. My growth spirit, my growth period just got cut in half. I don't get the latitude of, yeah, we're building and it's a process and it's going to take time. No, they want you back in the Super Bowl next year, big guy. If you want to take the gig, you want to opt for the gig because Shane Steichen's going to go coach the Colts. Guess what? You got to hit the ground running. If you don't want it and say, but oh, if I, that's your I belief, need a position to step into and, and, and be able to grow. If you're well, not, be the Carolina oh, Panthers yeah, but here's, here, here's what I'm saying, Jody. If that's your belief, 
and you're the GM or the owner and you have control, you're going to probably hire an experienced guy. I'm saying Jeopardy didn't hire experienced guys. I'm saying once he made the decision to hire these guys, why does he not understand that comes with consequences? And one of the consequences is they don't have experience and they are going to learn on the job. My, my point is, why does he not know that? Why does he not know that and assume, oh, these guys are going to be fine. They're going to be seamless. Well, as see, opposed I, to and, and I'll give you I'll give you the answer, J Mac. I, I this very bright football guy gave me this stat. Uh, I think it was either last week or how many coordinators have been in place in the same position in the National Football League in the last three years? On offense, it's ridiculous. It's 2022, every single offensive coordinator. But uh, then it, it, why why are we singling out Jeffrey? Because he gets well, some of these guys aren't getting fired; and, they're getting yes, hired someplace yes, else. Yes, yes. Some of it's good. Some of its guys are 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 getting promoted, like Shane Steichen. Yeah, and here's the thing promoted. that I would that say about the Eagles situation here that you know Kellen Moore. I got to imagine. Listen, I know Brian. I, I think too. I agree with what you're saying, John. I think Brian Johnson. This was a really unique situation that I don't know that we'll ever see duplicated, where this team was 10 and one, the number one seed, and then fell off so drastically that drastic changes had to happen. I think Johnson kind of ends up like if you didn't see the games and just kind of talk about what happened, you would say, ah, this guy got 11 wins, top 10 offense. He got a raw deal. He should have got another chance. Yeah. But because of what happened, you would now have this, but here's what I think could be the next step. How many coordinators now is this for Nick Sirianni? And Kellen Moore, I got to imagine, is licking his chops to get this offense. Like any coordinator in the league is going to say, you're giving me eight. You know, this is a team that fired. Oh, he's going to get traded. And he's going to give me A.J. <laughs> Brown, Smith, Goddard, and Jalen Hurts. I'll take the job. And then he's going to get a head coaching job, and we're going to be going through the same conversation next year. Yeah. And it's, you know – Who's this, the quarterback coach? Do they want to give him the job? He has no play calling experience. That's the give and take that you're going to go through in this situation. You hire the veteran guy. He's going to walk into an offense, and this thing's going to explode next year, and he's going to get a head coaching job. Mark my words on that one. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. That's not necessarily a bad thing other than if you don't believe in the head coach and, you know, Kellen Moore is the guy who makes it explode, you know, Maybe you should have moved on from the head coach, which is kind of my point from Jeffrey. Jeffrey Jeffrey's decision-making doesn't make sense. I always say with, with the Eagles, typically doesn't always work out, but they typically make good decisions. I understand their decision-making process, typically. This time, I don't understand it a little bit. I don't. I don't understand it from every – and I've tried. I've tried to look at every angle. and. No, it's just reactionary. Oh, the young guys didn't perform, so I'm going to bring in a senior citizen and a guy who's been a coordinator for five years. I'm just going to go the other way. Oh, we don't use motion. I'm just going to use a guy who uses motion. Oh, we don't put the quarterback under center. Well, I'm going to use a guy who puts the quarterback on. And John, under that is where I go back to how do we quantify the role Sirianni had in why this team had success. And there's got to be something behind closed doors 
unless everyone just comes up with the obvious answer. Well, Sirianni's a puppet, and they're running everything anyway. Or they say, this guy, you might not see it. He might not be the play caller. But there's something he's doing to these players, connecting with them, keeping them together. They like playing for him. He's a mo- Whatever it is, maybe that's the unquantifiable reason. Emotional that- intelligence. That's the corporate buzzword that there you Jeffrey talks about. Fresh about. ideas. I want the T-shirt. Fresh, fresh ideas. ideas. And yeah. and I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on all of that stuff that he's going to be able to pull it together and be the uh, – culture creator and motivator whatever here's my one concern about it Sirianni became a damn good liar this year um I kind of trusted Nick Sirianni and everything he said from day one when he came and said I I don't know if I have control of the roster or not and couldn't answer a question that he really needed an answer for but I go at least the guy's a straight shooter he's not gonna BS us Oh, he became a stone cold liar this year. The whole well, he, thing. He, he grew up a little bit. He he got a little bit more uh, veteran to the yeah, job. Yeah, but here's the problem with that, Mike. Players aren't stupid. They know that. They can realize what's going on around them. And if you're going to be the culture guy, if you're going to be the motivating guy, if you're going to play, oh, by the way, you hire Vic Fangio, who if ever there was a bad cop, it's Vic Fangio. And you have to play the good cop, the opposite role as the head coach. It's harder to be the good cop when the players go, oh, is he just bullshitting me? Is he throwing crap at the wall just like he did last year? Once you start well, I, down I that I road, don't, I don't you, think you could lose your players. But I, I, from my standpoint, I don't. I let Nick lie to us. I don't think. Yeah, I don't know that the players players feel that. I think AJ Brown came out and said he lied for us. Yeah, he lied for us. He made himself look like a fool for us, and and that's the part of. You know, we wonder, did he lose the team? Like, I, I said after the game that Monday night they get blasted. The first question for Nick, in my mind, is, did the players quit on you, or was your team that unprepared? <laughs> I mean, there's two options after watching that game. They either quit, or your staff was that unprepared. And I don't know that they quit on him because they dislike him or don't want to play for him. So that's what I'm thinking the organization is saying. I think generally these guys like Nick. They want to play for Nick, but Nick, you need stronger guys around you. That was our formula to get to a Super Bowl. You let Shane run his side. You let John run his side, and you do what you do. Now, what that? now I don't know. Now, yeah, we, we talk about revisionist history. At Mike Gill's show, by the way, follow Mike on X, uh, 97.3, the sports pass in South Jersey. Listen today, two to six. I'll be on there at three ish. Um, it, it, the thing about that to me is, if if you talk about Nick Sirianni and how he's handled this situation, how he, I th- I do think I agree with you. The players like him, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it it it, it kind of turns on the fact that um, when you talk about Shane Steich and Jonathan Gannon, like that's revisionist. I mean, uh, nobody was – everybody hated Gannon. And now all of a sudden, oh, they had struck such strong coordinators. And Shane, even that was revisionist history. Um, the first year was, look, when he took over, people didn't even know he took over. And then when it became clear he took over, they had some good games and some bad games. Uh, they hadn't had A.J. Brown, who was the final piece of the puzzle. Even in 2022 – yeah, the Indianapolis game, the Houston game. 
it wasn't all peaches and cream the whole way through. So there's a lot of revisionist history. They were young coordinators in the case of Jonathan, first time, familiar. Shane had one year, basically. Um, same thing with these guys. They were given a little bit more time to grow. Um, and they turned into what they turned into, and they're both head coaches in this league. I think deservedly so. Jeffrey, again, Jeffrey went through that. Why didn't he know? I keep going back to it. Why? Well, I, I, and you can make the argument, too, that John Gannon's first year, I mean, you could say, well, oh, this doesn't go so well if he was being knee-jerk. By the way, top 10, top 10 defense, top 10 defense with Gennard Avery, at least statistically. Very right. similar to Brian Johnson, top eight offense. I, it, it's almost like a carbon copy, but you flip. Right. And then the next year they go to the yeah. number two. They break a record for sack. Yeah. Everybody, you know, they go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, look, that's I go back to the Sirianni. I mean, Fletcher Cox says, you know, this is ridiculous. We're even having this conversation. Jason Kelsey has spoke glowingly. I don't know how much stock we put into those guys' comments, but they are the leaders and veterans of the team. Uh, with a lot of gray area, whether they'll even be back or not. So maybe they're just giving him some praise on their way out the doors. Who knows? But to me, it feels like the, the organization understood the respect that Nick had from the players, but also was smart enough to understand he needs more uh, adults in the room around him. Yeah, maybe I'm just drinking the Eagle Kool-Aid here, but... I, I, John, I don't have a problem with the way they handled this and firing both of the coordinators this year. I give I give an example that Mike Gill will understand. Mike Gill gets offered a larger market afternoon drive show because the guy who was in the afternoon drive show went to an even larger market and got a better gig. And the PD calls him in and says, "We want to offer you the job, but we expect you to hold the ratings that the previous guy did coming in off the street." Never did a show in this town before. We expect you, they're doing uh, a nine as a rating. We expect you to do nine or at least 8.5. You got to keep it in the neighborhood. You really going to walk in and go, yeah, but I got to grow the show. It's going to take time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And there are going to be growing pains. Everybody needs to build it from the ground up. No, you can take the job and go, okay, yeah, I'll get the nine. And then when you come in and you get the six, guess what? Thank you very much for showing up. Go back to well, your Well, I understand. I, uh, to that, I would say, I again, I understand your thought process. But if I'm Jeffrey Lurie and that's my thought process, why is it your thought? That's my question. Why is it Jeffrey Lurie's thought process? Jeffrey Lurie should know better. Like if you were at Howard Stern in his prime, right, and you're expecting the next big thing to be Howard Stern when it comes to ratings, well, you're an idiot. Uh, it ain't going to happen. If ha Howard left for serious uh, back in the day, guess what? You ain't replacing him. Um, it, 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 so that's kind of my point with Jeffrey Lurie. I get what you're saying. 
And and by the way, if he put those standards on on Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson accepted the job, knowing, understanding. Oh, by the way, which I don't believe he did for half a second. Jeffrey Lurie says you have to be the second best offense in the NFL. I don't believe he said that. My my question isn't isn't your expectations, Jody. It's why Jeffrey Lurie didn't understand he shouldn't have those expectations. That's my that's my my thought process. Because he just went through it with Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. Literally I, just went through it. And I, I also think what what got Brian unfairly, maybe, was it wasn't that the offense had turnover. You, you were handed the same offense, and it just it, it dropped off. There's no question. Now, numerically, statistically, it said it oh, definitely top dropped 10. off. No question, it yeah. dropped off. Yeah. Um, there was certainly questions almost after every game, like what is going on? What is happening? Now you had that streak with AJ Brown, where you had 125 yards or more in like six straight games, but there wasn't a game where like Jalen Hurts just was like, you know, wow, and and, and you know you had two games with Swift, like two week two and week three, where they ran the ball really well, and then. I don't know that he had a hundred yard game again the rest of the season. Like the fact that he had an offense that was smooth and went to this, you know, was was dynamic. And look at these guys, and he got the same group of them, and they just didn't seem the same. I don't. I think that worked again. It wasn't like he had to try to figure out how to install new guys and do things, and it dropped off. He essentially got handed the same thing, and was like. What did you do to the the, the the brand new car we gave you? All right, Mike Gill, uh, we got to run, but I want to ask you one more question before we let you go. Will Jalen Hurts consult with Brian Johnson this week on the upcoming competitions in the Pro Bowl? Because Jalen Hurts got named yesterday. He's going to the Pro Bowl. Oh, my God. What an I just wait, but you see you got names on the AFC side at quarterback. Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is a Pro Bowl quarterback. Can, oh, wait, can, Brian Johnson got another interview. Yeah, Tampa. He was probably in Tampa so, saying. So hey. are Jalen and Brian going to be able to, they were like this, so close, it's going to work, two peas in a pod. They've known each other since he was in diapers. Blew up. Uh, I the, feel those he, stories always seem to not end well. Like when your friend from like camp when you were a kid yeah. You usually don't stay friends with that guy. Like you were friends as a young age, and then you get older, and you're like. And I always say, I think it was overblown. I think when Brian was 17 or whatever the hell he was, and he met Jalen Hurts at four, I don't think they were hanging out together. I think he tapped him on the head at practice and exactly. said, "Hey, how you doing, young young child?" Well, like, and you went know, on his day. Your your buddy has a kid who's like you know nine or yeah, ten, exactly. and he's like 23 yeah. years old. It's not like you're hanging out with that guy. No, it's like, no. hey, good to see you all grown up now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The, only, the only thing more overstated than that story was the importance of the Pro Bowl these days. Oh. Good job, Gardner. Gardner Minshew taking the band. Gardner Minshew for, Vegas. forever will be known as a Pro Bowl quarterback, which tells you what that honor. Well, the means. guy last year from the Baltimore that got the who was the, oh yeah the, back, the backup quarterback that was the worst uh, yeah. one of all time yeah. that's the worst one of all time he yeah. played like five games <laughs> Mike Gill a pleasure buddy thank you much we'll talk to Thanks, you next Mike. week see ya the hoodie's out Mike Gill here with us on Birds three sixty five hey Birds fans here's your chance to save up to forty percent on your car insurance right now from one of Jacob Sports great partners. 
Here's what you need to do. Call managing partner, either Jim or Fran. You can get either one of them on the phone and tell them you're a friend of both Jacob Sports and Birds 365. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, Managing Partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds! Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Mike Gill doing his usual Wednesday thing with us here on Birds 365. You got John McMullen, 
Jody McDonald. Uh, as of yesterday, no new additions to the Eagles coaching staff. You knew the turnaround was coming. Nick Sirianni was going to be able to fend off the, the people with pitchforks at the gate and save his job by telling Jeff Flory and Howie Roseman what they wanted to hear, which is, yeah, go ahead, do whatever you want with the staff. I, I can get it together with other guys. Um, you, I think you've already answered this today, John. Who did I have? Oh, I had, uh, your buddy Ed Kratz on with me on WIP last night. Um, and I asked him specifically, do you think less of Nick Sirianni because he didn't go down the Doug Peterson route? That he could have just said, and you and I both agreed, Mike Gill was on the other side, um, that you know, I don't know if Nick Sirianni gets another job in the NFL's head coach. You and I both do. Uh, the, the collapse of this year will at some point fade a little bit going forward, and people are going to get out the books and go, wait a minute, he's got a 667 winning percentage, and he, he took a team to a Super Bowl in his second year as head coach. That's going to get him another gig. Yeah, yeah, might have to show a little patience, but do you think less of Sirianni because he folded tent and said, yes, Jeffrey, yes, Howie, whatever you guys need, just please keep me on as the head coach? Uh, no, I don't because – I understand the industry and most of the coaches do. And I always say it's a very nomadic profession. So they all understand these things type tend to happen. Um, and, you know, look at Nick himself, Kansas city, Los Angeles, um, Indianapolis, Philadelphia. Uh, he's only 42 years old. And that doesn't even count the college stuff, Mountain Union, IUP before that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, spot to spot to spot. That's um, more common than the opposite. So part of the profession. Um, so I don't blame him. I, I, you know, he's made a lot of money. Now he's got a big family. Um, you know, that's part of it. Again, he's making a lot of money. Um could walk away and take a season off, but the difference between him and guys who've done that, Mike McCarthy, most recently, Bill Belichick looks like he's going to do that. They're older. He's 42 years old, 41, 40, somewhere in that range. Um, Does he want to take press pause? I I don't think so. I think that's the difference. Even Doug as an older uh, coach, um, not as old as those guys, but sort of in between. Um, I don't think he wants to do it at this stage of his career, just press pause. So I get that part of it. Um, me personally, I, w- I would have walked away. I would have walked away. Um, but that, that, that I don't think less of, you know, it, it, in other words, if you, you already gave me $21 million, so I have that, you know, I'm, I'm saying if I'm in that process, I personally, but I'm not going to, look at Nick Sirianni and say, oh, because I would have done it, you should do it. I don't think that's fair either. It's funny because I might have done it as well, but for a different reason than you. How old is Nick? 42. I I think I'll double check. 41 or 42. 41, 42. Um, And I get a year to get paid the same amount to not 42. 42. Um, I get to spend a year with my kids and hang out at home and maybe work on my golf. I don't know if Sirianni plays golf at all. So, so many coaches do there get obsessed with that crap. I'm not a golfer, so I don't quite understand it, but 
I get a year to relax. Now, they, there are strings attached. Maybe Gill's right, McDonald and McMullen are wrong, and he never gets that call and never gets that chance Bro, again. I can't even imagine that. I honestly can't imagine that. I, I really can't. No, I mean, but stranger things have happened, John. You yeah. and I agree he's going to get out of good, but yeah. sometimes we're wrong. No, and I, 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 it's, I'm, I'm wrong all the time, but uh, boy, I, the way this league works, I, I just can't even envision it. Um, you'd have to do some really mudslinging behind the scenes uh, for this guy not to get another chance after what he's been able to do in these three consecutive seasons. Um, that part of it, I kind of, I, I don't even worry about. Uh, he'll get a second chance. And and just knowing how this league works, and we just saw it, you know, basically it's six guys. Everybody interviews the same six guys. Um, and and with that, none of them have a 667 winning percent. He's top 10. You did the list. I don't think he still is. because uh, yeah, was, That was before a couple late season losses. Yeah. He came down a couple. But, of, I mean, uh, think about that, Jody. Think about that. Top 10. He was top 10. All time. All, all time. time. Yes. I, I, this is astonishing to me that we're even in this position. And it really here, is. Here's where you and I are a little different, maybe just because I'm a lazy bastard. Um, yeah, I'll sit at home for a year. I'm getting paid. Oh, by the way, his contract guaranteed. If the Eagles and he agree, see you later, bye, because he won't change his coaching staff. Guess what? He was fired. And yeah, when well, you are fired, you get to cash your checks, which yes. means he's got seven million coming in this upcoming year to do nothing. I would have no. I'd read. I'd get a new library card and get a. I'd go take. Uh, well, uh, uh, I'd know, do whatever the hell I had to do to kill twenty four hours a day. I'm cashing for seven million dollars. I'm on the phone networking for my job the next time. I, I had no problems walking away here, here, and getting paid $7 million. Here, here's another difference from being 42 and 62. Nick has very young kids. Yeah, you, you get to spend time with your kids. Why uh, would you want to do that? Well, sometimes they drive you crazy. So sometimes you want to get away for a little bit as well. So um, I think that factors into it as well. Um, and he loves football. He loves he loves. He truly loves the game, and I think he wants to be around the game. So I think, you know, I, I'm i with you. Uh, you know, let me take some time off. Let me re relax. You know, people as driven as he is, they don't want to relax. They want to be around the game, and they want to do it. And for them, that's fun, uh, and that grind is fun. So um, some of the reasons, but uh, – yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why I don't. Everybody's different. Everybody's at a different point in life. Everybody's got different problems, different hurdles, different things they got to deal with. So if Jeffrey came to me and I was in this position and I already made twenty one million dollars and he said, "You got to fire a, a bunch of people you really like and really respect and 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 really develop relationships to," I would I would have walked away. But I can't put that same, um thought process on somebody else because they have a different situation and, and everybody's got a different situation. And yes, I am attempting to, in my own mind, run it back 20 years ago. And what would I have done at age 42 at age 62? Oh yeah. I'm checking out. I'm, uh, I'm going to bet the ponies. I'm going to get down the shore a little bit earlier. I have no problems 
uh, readjusting my life schedule to get paid to not work. What, at 42, would I have been the same? Yeah, I think so. That's just me. I'm a lazy SOB. All right, quickie timeout. Come back. I see we got Clark Judge, our buddy from Talk of Fame and the Ida Test podcast, uh, coming up uh, to talk mostly about the upcoming Super Bowl, but also being part of the Hall of Fame selection committee. Uh, that's coming up, too. Good stuff. We've got coming up with Clark Judge next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles.
Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. We got one of our favorite guests. Uh, he joins us about every couple of months. Uh, host on Talk of Fame and writer as well for them. Host of the I Test for Two podcast, uh, which is an outstanding football podcast. Our buddy Clark Judge joins us on Birds 365. Clark, I want to start here. My partner, John McMullen, will confirm the fact that I am a Brock Purdy fanboy and have been since he did what he did last year. Um, and I've actually compared him to that Montana guy who was a pretty good quarterback in his day. Was I mistaken? Should I have been comparing him to Steve Young with the plays that he's made with his legs the last couple of weeks? I got the wrong Super Bowl winning quarterback in 49 year history to compare to Brock Purdy. He's more Steve Young than Joe Montana, is he not? <laughs> he might be more Steve Young than Joe Montana, but he's neither. I mean, those are Hall of uh, Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, it's a matter it's, of time. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, no, I, I covered both those guys. Montana was special. Steve Young was special. Steve Young is on a whole different plane. I mean, it's funny when I see people talk about, you know, we've never seen quarterbacks like this and quarterbacks who can run. Steve Young could Steve run. Young. He was a running back. He was yeah. tremendous. And and last week, <laughs> you know, Lamar Jackson throws that pass that's bad into the line of scrimmage, right? And it's caught by Lamar Jackson. And some people on the Twitter going, we've never seen this before. Yeah, guys, Steve did it. You probably, he did it yeah. against the Eagles. I saw, I saw Brad, I saw Brad Johnson do that too back in the day. Yeah, right? Steve Young did it. I think it was a playoff game out at Candlestick yeah. and uh, Steve caught it and, and ran towards the goal line. So yeah, I mean, those things happen, but um, he, he, Brock Purdy's better than people know. He's not Joe Montana or yeah. Steve not Young, yet. not yet. And that's a long way. That's a long leap. But it's so yeah. far, so good. I'm really I'm really pleased with what he's doing this over there. Well, I want Clark Judge's eye test on Patrick Mahomes because that guy, that guy. Now, it's it's still a small sample size, but it's getting awful close to be him being in the conversation. We're talking six consecutive championship games yeah. going back to another Super Bowl. I mean, this guy is unbelievable, Clark. Where is he on the pantheon this quick in his career? Well, I mean, he's he's rising quickly, as you mentioned. Um, you know, in terms of history, his career is not even half over. So yeah. it's hard to comment on that. But um, he's doing things that we seldom see. I, I don't like this. We've never seen it. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm just talking about people out there in social media. We've never seen this before. Um, I think I've mentioned on this broadcast before. And I saw something last night, as a matter of fact, somebody said, we've never seen this before. And they were showing a video of him rolling right up against Baltimore, I think five years ago, throwing deep to Tyreek Hill, about 50 yards down the field. Never seen this before. I don't like commenting on that stuff. I don't. But yeah. I sort of felt like I've got to wade in here. And I said, I saw it. I saw John Elway do this. Yeah, John. I mean, yeah. So, so I saw. And so we have. And um, he, he's he's remarkable. Um, he's really, really good. He's really talented. And that team is really good. But after last weekend, you know, they were talking about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's a great quarterback. There's no question. He didn't win that game. The no, defense the won defense. that game. They, yeah. they didn't put a point on the board in the second half. Correct. So I'm not here to criticize him. Not at all. I mean, he's a tremendous player. And um, he's the best in the business today. But, you know, when he went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Josh Allen, I thought that was – Josh Allen was right there with him. The difference is Josh Allen doesn't win those big games. He does. And yeah. and there's that to me is sort of the intangible. Mahomes knows what it is. It's just Montana, you know, four and zero in Super Bowls. There's certain guys, Brady, certain guys that know how to step up when yeah. when it's needed. I thought about Larry Bird, you know, in, in the NBA, Michael Jordan. They want the ball, and because they know they can succeed. 
And I think this is the, the story with Mahomes. That's what I think sets him apart. Now, I've made this point on this show, other shows that I've done for years running now. And I still cannot wrap my head around what I think is a acceptable answer from you, Clark Judge, or John McMahon. Nobody's answered it to my satisfaction, but I'm going to give you a shot. Um, that Kelsey guy is pretty good, too. As great as yeah. Mahomes is, uh, tying Jerry Rice for all-time records. And like, that's pretty damn good. And it just boggles my mind that he had the one catch over Kyle Hamilton where it was a perfect – Perfect throw, perfect catch, perfect defense. Kyle Hamilton couldn't make a better play on the ball than he did. It just, he got beat by a guy by this much. It was that much better. That I give him credit for. That That's completely understandable. I, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. How the hell does he get so wide open? You know the ball's coming his way. You know he's Patrick Mahomes' first choice basically on every single play. Yet they throw it to him and there's no one, there's no defensive play in the picture. How, how do you not know the ball is going to Travis Kelsey? It just should, boggles my mind every single time he gets a catch and there's no defensive player in sight. How does something like, how is Kelsey slash the Chiefs slash, yeah. slash Andy Reid doing this? Are they, do they know I, 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 wish, I wish you were around here when I watched those telecasts because I'm yelling the same thing and my wife says, turn it off. I've heard enough. And I said, why don't you just double team him and say, yeah. okay, I'll be beaten by any one of these other guys, Rice, um, Scantling, Valdez, Valdez Scantling. I'll, I'll be beaten yeah. by, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be beaten by any of that, but I'm not going to be beaten by this guy. I'll double him. Now, Kyle Hamilton, honestly, I thought did a pretty good job. I actually yeah. thought he did, but, um, but the fact of the matter is, he had what eleven catches and something like what nine or ten in the first half. You've got to say something's going amiss here because all, what he's doing is he's sitting down in zones. And he's wide open. There's no one within five or ten yards. How is that possible? How are we leaving this guy so wide open? And I don't know the answer to that because all these defensive coordinators don't seem to be able to figure it out. I mean, he's always there. So it's, I guess, the greatness of Reed, the greatness of Mahomes and Kelsey. But I'll tell you what, if I were the defensive coordinator, and I thought Baltimore did that in the second half. They said, we're not going to be beaten by this guy. I don't care if it's somebody else. Not this guy. In the second half, he really did nothing. All right, since we're on the greatness tangent, we got two two of three, Clark, but we're missing the third. The third to me is Andy Reid. Oh, yeah, I no mean, we're, we're no at 20, I think we're at 25 no years, Andy yep. Reid. Yep. 19 playoff appearances, I believe. I had so many champions. I can't even keep the championship game straight. 11. And now 11. We're 11 uh, that is unbelievable. It's a staggering. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, well, go ahead, John. The consistency. Um, where, where is he in your thought process? And obviously different generations, but in this particular generation where you have free agency mm-hmm. and you have such turnover, and a, a big part of it is Patrick Mahomes and getting with a great quarterback. We understand that. But Andy was here for 14 years. He always made the playoffs, didn't get over the top, but the consistency has always been there. Um, what, what, what can you say about Andy Reid? Well, I think you said it all. I mean, people before this year and even during this year talk about Belichick as being the, the, the greatest today and maybe the greatest ever. And and I've, I've, I've sort of waffled on that because I go, you know, I, I, I'm one of those that says, you know, when you had Brady, yeah, he's great without Brady. But to go with Andy Reid with Mahomes, yeah, he's great. Uh, okay, with in Philadelphia, didn't make a difference who was quarterback. Now Donovan was there for much of the time, but he won a zillion games there. There's something with Andy Reid that really seems to work. So in terms of a coach today, 
you know, who would I take? He'd be the top guy. I, I wouldn't take, I'd take him over Belichick. I really would today. That's not to say I'm saying he's better than Belichick or anything like that, but I mean, Belichick certainly has the rings. But Tom Brady has those rings too. Andy Reid took the Eagles to the Super Bowl and he's taken the, the Chiefs to the Super Bowl and you see the success he's having and now. It's, and went, it's Trey as well. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no know, question. No question. He, he's yeah, beaten yeah. his guy, John Harbaugh. <laughs> you think about Sean McDermott. John McDermott, yep. Super Bowl winners, uh, Doug, Doug here. Uh, right. uh, That's right. And John won a Super Bowl. Ron Rivera has been a great yeah. coach. Yeah. So many, even the Childresses so of the world, the Leslie Frazier's, the the Pat Shermers, Todd Bowles is an Andy Reid guy at one yep. point. Yep. Matt and, Nagy, and so many. It's unbelievable. That's it's probably unbelievable. the difference, John. I mean, look at the, the Belichick tree. You go, where have they gone? By and large, yeah. by and large, haven't been all that successful. And again, I'm not here to criticize Bill Belichick, but Andy Reid seems to work wherever he is and whoever he's working with. So that's what I love about it. But let me um, see if I can get you to criticize Bill Belichick once. Um, <laughs> they move off uh, the Belichick and Patriot relationship. And I think both sides handled it pretty well. I thought it could yeah. have been much more sloppy. And they did. They, they did a nice job of saying, hey, best of luck. Your greatest ever. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're just going to start a new era. Um, but Belichick didn't get a job. And there were a bunch of openings around the National Football League. And he only had one official interview, and he had two of them, with Atlanta. And they chose to go with a retreading Raheem Morris, who I know is very well-respected and a great defensive coordinator. But he did take his swing and a miss at head coach, and now he's going to get another one. Did Belichick not get a head coaching job this offseason because of the faltering with the England at the end, the fact that he is 72 years old, or... The fact that he came in and said, I'm still Bill Belichick, and here's the way the organization is going to be set up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'll let someone else do this, but I need this, that, and the other thing. Do you think that's why teams passed on him? Because they weren't ready to do that with a guy like Belichick, no matter what his resume said. Yeah, I think what happened was that Bill Belichick, the GM, got in the way of Bill Belichick, the coach. That's yeah. what I think happened. And so when you take him on, Despite the fact that at the end of his run in New England, he said, I'm still willing to work with people. I'm willing to listen to people and work with them in the draft and personnel. I think most clubs um, understood the situation. You take on Bill Belichick, he's going to be a control freak. And that's what's been made him successful in New England. Mm -hmm. What didn't make him all that successful were some of those draft picks. I mean, he didn't do very well in a lot of areas, particularly with a wide receiver. And honestly, at the end, Tom Brady was carrying that team. I think we all knew that. And the more and more the Brady shouldered the load, the, the more he felt the pressure and, and the team felt the pressure, but they still managed to go forward. And when Brady left, you know, I, I think people felt like, okay, now we're going to find out what, <laughs> what we found out was the next year Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Belichick didn't do anything. That's not to say that, you know, it's all Brady. When they first started out, it was a nice relationship with more Belichick than it was Brady. At the end, it was more Brady than it was Belichick. So um, I think what happened there is he's I mean, sort of scared people off. Listen, Jody, the, the guys have been hired are kind of half his age, most of those guys. They're looking mm -hmm. for the young up-and-coming guy. This is not a young and up-and-coming guy. Why is Pete yeah. Carroll still out there? Pete Carroll's yeah. made it clear he wants to coach. Made it clear. I don't yeah. hear any interest for Pete Carroll. He made it clear for the Chargers. No. They had, There's they, a lot they of, yeah. There's a lot of ageism out there, Clark, and and yeah, Pete, no, no you know, Pete's um, the most energetic seventy-year-old guy you're going to see, but he is seventy years old. Seventy. You know, I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm going to get 
in the weeds a little bit, but you're one of the few people that will get this name. We all talk, and look, Tom Brady, we all know Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. That's the biggest part of it. Modern How era. much? Modern yeah, era. modern era. How much do you think losing Ernie Adams hurt Bill Belichick? He yeah, I that think that was a big loss. That, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a big loss. Um, and people close to that franchise would tell you that as well. But um, when people kept sort of leaving there and disappearing and going elsewhere, um, he was left to his own devices. And and by and large, it it worked. I mean, it, it worked. But it it worked because you had a special quarterback too. And and yeah, you're right about Ernie Adams. Um, uh, he was invaluable to them and into him to Bill Belichick, but um, it, it lasted for an inordinate amount of time. And I don't think we'll ever see that re replicated. I, I don't. Even in Kansas City, I think what you're going to see now is honestly they're going to be they're going to be challenged within their division, which they haven't been. Jim Harbaugh is going to turn the Chargers around. I will guarantee you that. Uh, not because I cover the Chargers, but because i know what he did in san francisco yeah, there yeah, i know yeah, what he did yeah. at usd i know what he did at stanford and i know what he did in michigan and um and i was in and around some of those teams and and <clears throat> he's got his own issues he's a different guy um but you can get along with him and um he'll get that team turned around and they'll push kansas city and also i mean you, so you look at new england that's 20 years of success i mean 20 years in a salary yeah. cap here it's yeah. unheard of so um anyway in answer to your question yeah it was a loss it was a big loss all right, I got to follow up here, and I readily acknowledge you are a much more informed NFL football historian than yours truly. When you said, yeah, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, modern era. Yeah. yeah. Who in any era is on the level of... Otto? Are you going Otto yeah, on? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd go Otto. And I go, I, listen, I saw Unitas. And so uh, yeah. I, I'd never seen anything like Unitas. And my father said, how about Otto Graham? I went, who? Oh, Otto Graham. And then I looked him up 10 years. He plays 10 years, 10 championship games. Ten, yeah, seven that's victories. Good. That's, seven pretty good. Vic that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, you, 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 you're in a championship game every year yeah. and you retire the year. You're the league MVP. I mean, come on. You can't yeah. do better than that, right? But he's yeah. not an ESPN. We don't have video of it. Yeah. It's a different era. And so people just uh, minimize. Otto Graham was a great quarterback. I saw Unitas. Unitas was a great quarterback because when he had the ball at the end, he, he, he didn't stand a chance. And United, they called their own plays. It was different game, guys. And that's what it's so tough. As you, and, and you would understand. I'm not trying to call you out on ageism, but because you're older like I am, you've seen and understood this, these things. And you watch the game yeah. in the 60s, 70s, maybe the 70s and 80s. And um, and it's changed. And it's never been easier to play quarterback than it is today. That's true. And, That's and, very and, true. Um, but I'm not saying it's an easy position, but it's never been easier. You watch when we put when we put Chris Hamburger in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, they showed five videos of him. Five. All right. Each one of them, he took the quarterback set off. Each one of them. Each one of them, he'd be flagged 15 Flag, yards. You breathe on a quarterback today and you let off in handcuffs. So um, yeah. what happens is that was also a, a vertical passing game. Watch some of the throws Unitas makes down the field. I'm on the mark. Today, if I pitch a ball to you two feet in front of me, which has done a lot in offenses, including Kansas City, um, yeah. uh, it's a forward pass. It's a completion. So these completion percentages are out of sight. The completion, um, uh, the, the touchdowns versus interceptions are out of sight. And you look at pass, they go Terry Bradshaw, where he had like two more in, uh, touchdown passes and interceptions. Yeah, it's a different game. It's a different yeah. game. Look at how they oh, I, I, You're preaching to the choir, Clark. I try to tell people, I try to judge, well, tell people to John, judge people in their era. Uh, Ken Stabler had more. Judge them in their era. 
yeah. Kent Stabler yeah. had more and, and so, interceptions so, 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 than touchdown passes. Yeah. So yeah, and so I, did Namath. Yeah. And, and also, yeah. you know, John, if you cross the middle of the field, you crossed it at your own risk. You had Jack Tatum waiting there. You know, you had you had Jack Lambert waiting there. You had George Atkinson. You had later a Steve Atwater. They take your head off. I mean, so they changed the game for the right reasons. I understand yeah. that. But vastly, vastly different game. Yeah. And by the way, I give Tom a lot of credit. Tom Brady <clears throat> said, look, it's not yeah. – it shouldn't be the defensive player's responsibility to protect the offensive players. That's my responsibility. If that's I'm right. going to throw the ball, you know, that's my responsibility as a quarterback to not put my receiver – in harm's way nobody thinks that way anymore tom might be the last to think that way because everybody looks for the flag every it's completely different game completely john it's funny you it's funny you mentioned that when i was covering the 49ers the first year is 1994 and they won the super bowl that year Uh, i remember being on the practice field with dwight clark who was then in the front office and working with the uh, general manager john john mcveigh and we had a long conversation and we were talking about montana he said the thing that separated montana from everyone else was he put the ball in a position where you wouldn't get hurt. And he said he would not lead you into a bone-crushing tackle or an incompletion where you get wiped out. He said he always put the ball in the position. could be behind you, but he did it so that you wouldn't get blasted. And I'd never heard that before. And that was a long time yeah. ago. But um, as I watched videos later, I went, he was right. <laughs> he was right. Well, I always, I always think of uh, guys. I always remember Jody's a baseball guy, you know, so he knows there's certain numbers, 714, 755. We all knew, um, and, and even in football. I remember when Joe Montana retired, Clark, 92.3, 92.3. Yeah. Always stuck with me. That's his passer rating. Now that's an average season Not in either. the NFL. Now, well, it, 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 it was astronomical at the time. And now it's like, oh, you had a, you had a, okay, you had a decent year. That's that's how drastically things have changed. The yeah, look, look changed. at the look at the look at the United's passer rating. I think he ranks something like you know eighty seventh all the time. You go, hey, different game. If I mean, you watch this guy play yeah. and watch in that era, as you said, judge them versus their peers. That's the way I measure those guys. All right, Mister Clark, I have a Hall of Fame question for you. Um, you guys trimmed it down to just the finalists, and they'll be the ones who are going to be considered coming up. Yeah. Before you get there. Are you instructed by anyone to treat this as if it's a jury room that you are sequestered, that you're not allowed to consult with any of your other fellow jurists until you get into that room? Or can you uh, converse, text, email, call on the phone, any other guys just either pick their brains or do some uh, pre-final meeting lobbying? You're not only um, not forbidden from texting, calling, uh, emailing colleagues, you're encouraged to. You actually are encouraged to to try to get a dialogue so that when you go into that room, you all kind of understand each other. And and that's what happens. It's not to say that it happens a lot, but um, I would say in the week before, I talk to guys daily um, about different candidates and what they think and where they're going with it and um, potential hangups and how they would address it or how I would address it if I were presenting that candidate. So, uh, yeah, it's actually encouraged. Yeah. That's a good well, thing. Um, one of our buddies, uh, Paul Domowicz, is going <laughs> to tell you, Clark Judge, that Eric Allen should be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I don't want you to go up or down, but give us your thoughts on on Eric Allen as a potential he, Hall of Fame. He's Famer. the most intriguing guy in this class to me for this reason. 
he's in his 18th year of eligibility. And we are a mod when you're a modern era candidate, you have 20 years of eligibility. So the fact that he's in his 18th year for the first time, as that, a finalist. Yeah. yeah, as a finalist, uh, as a finalist, um, that sort of opened your eyes as to wait a minute, why is this happening? And, and it's happened before. Um, it, it, we had Joe Jacoby, who was in uh, a finalist for the first time in his 18th year of eligibility. What have we missed with this guy? Why is he something coming up now? Um, and you saw last year when we had Albert Lewis in his 20th and last year, modern year eligibility, first time. How we miss a guy, this guy? And then he makes it to the top 10. You almost made it last year. Yeah. Um, so that's why he's interesting to me. You, you look at the interceptions, and I think it was uh, 54 career interceptions. He's tied with two Hall of Famers. Um, the Pro Bowls, the All Pros, everything works there. Everything you go, what are we missing here? I mean, there's there's got to be a, a reason that we've, we've missed on Eric Allen. And I know how... Um, uh, effusive his opponents are. Troy Aikman, as you saw, something he said about him. Yeah. Um, one most tough, diffus, most Phil difficult. Phil Sims one as most well. Yeah. yeah. Who Phil are we Sims, talking to about? Yeah. And then, you know, don't throw in his direction because he's going to get the ball. I mean, just don't throw in his direction. He'll intercept the ball. So um, that resonates with you. The question going in is, what have we missed? Why do we keep passing this guy? And the reason it's interesting, most intriguing guy to me is because with 18 years, you go, he's essentially got three years left, including this year. Three years left. So that's not a lot of time. There's some guys who sit there for a while. Kevin Green, the um, ranked third all time in sacks, right? Yeah. Third all time. Yeah. He, he got elected in his 12th year of eligibility. 12th year. Yeah. I mean, like, whoa. Um, so the clock is ticking. And Eric Allen, I'll be frank with you, I don't think will make it this year. I'm curious to see where he goes. In case he's in the top 15, that's good. That's an honor. Can you make it to the top 10? If you can make it to the top 10, you're in the on-deck circle for the next year. So that should be critical for him in the next three years. If he can't make it this year, okay, no problem. But let's see what happens next year. Can he go into the top 10 or possibly into the top five? But, yeah, is he Hall of Fame worthy? Absolutely. Appreciate your opinion on Eric Allen, even though we hope you're wrong that he does get in. <laughs> he deserves to be in. That's deserved to be in yeah. for I'm one of 50. Years. I'm one of yeah. 50, Joey. That's just me. Uh, give us your opinion on the contributors as well, because that's – become a really fun and interesting topic of the coaches and everybody else. And I think you guys have done a good job. I think that's one decision that the Hall of Fame has got right, that uh, a different way to look at it and a different way to add guys who, in my opinion, are Hall of Famers. And everybody's got varying opinions on that as well. What do you think about this year's list? Well, we've got a coach contributor category now. It's no longer contributor, separate, no coach, longer coach. That's separate. what I meant. Yeah. Splash. Yeah. So, so um, this year it's Buddy Parker, and I think I've spoken to you before about Buddy Parker. Um, I, I couldn't be happier with him as a as a candidate. I, I think he's so worthy. But I, now, here, let me let me just quickly interrupt. Does what the Lions did this year help Buddy Parker? Yeah, it does because it drew should, attention right? to the fact that. Yeah, that they hadn't. His name is coming up. Game. They haven't been there it's since Buddy Parker. Should give yes, you a lift on pushing your Buddy Parker candidate. But, you know what I've said before, and I'll say it again. And I and I brought this up uh, at the at the meeting uh, a year ago. Is that Buddy Parker? If you look at it, you, you know, you look at his record. You go, Buddy Parker did everything Jimmy Johnson did. We put Jimmy Johnson in the Pro Football of Fame. He did everything Jimmy Johnson did. So he's Jimmy Johnson, except he's better. He won more games. He had a higher winning percentage. He wow. went to more championship games. And guess what? Against Paul Brown, when he was with the Lions, Paul Brown, who consider some consider the greatest coach ever, 
It's four and one against him, including two and one in championship games. What are we missing here? How has he been able to sit out this long? And I've I've been so passionate about this guy um, that I, I I can't understand what happened when we had the, the Centennial Committee. We put in Jimmy Johnson and we put in Bill Cowher. Okay, fine, that's fine. But you go, um, Jimmy Johnson won two Super Bowls, all right? Well, Buddy Parker essentially won two Super Bowls. They were called NFL championship games. He went to three of them. Uh, he set up the fourth one in 1957 when he got Tobin Road and then left the team just before um, the season started over a salary dispute and also because of something with the players. But but he left, all right? So he, he essentially did what Jimmy Johnson Jimmy, did. He went to himself. Jimmy Johnson, right. Yeah, and then he set up the, another team. Then he didn't win. <laughs> he didn't win for... Um, you know, until this year they got conference championship game, but they didn't win one playoff game other than that one in 1991. So you looked at over 60 years that he must have been doing something right. We goes on to Pittsburgh and he took a franchise that was awful, hadn't won. Uh, I don't think he had a winning season like the previous seven years. And then afterwards, they like seven years of just awful, um, you know, like 30% victory percentage, something like that. I've, I've got all the numbers somewhere. But um, in that period, they had a, a winning, he was like 51 and 47 and two or something. But um, but he was, he was successful. He had done that. He'd done what he was brought in there to do. And yet we've somehow ignored this guy and, and not sure why, but um, it's, a, it's time that he gets some attention. And finally he has, I don't know what his chances are. I know there's some people there who are going to stand up against him. And I'd like to hear what they have to say, but um, guys, I've said to you before, I, I really felt this is somebody who really got lost in history. And I've said also to you before, because I'm preaching to Philadelphia, Al Wister is the other guy Al, I just yeah. don't understand. <clears throat> if he uh. were a Hall of Fame candidate today, nine years, eight-time All-Pro, All-Decade team, two-time NFL champion, what are we missing here? What are we missing? And I said to people, if he were a candidate today, he's first ballot, first ballot Hall of Famer. Wow. He can't even get a sniff. He can't get a sniff yeah. because he's been forgotten. And the same thing with Buddy Park. He's been forgotten, so we moved on. At uh, Clark Judge, TOF for Talk of Fame. Make sure you follow him on X. Jody knows I love these segments. I love talking to Clark. I love the history of this game. Nobody knows it better than Clark Judge, so make sure you check him out, the I Test for Two podcast. Uh, let's talk about two guys who haven't been lost to history, the two first-timers. Uh, I'll end it there. Antonio Gates, Julius Peppers, uh, slam dunks, both going in. Uh, I would think so. Um, yeah, I would think so. Julius Peppers, I mean, all decade, two decades. So he's the best yeah. in his position, yeah. 20 years. I mean, okay. Um, and he's fourth all time sack the list. He's yeah. only half a sack behind Kevin Green. Okay, I don't know what we're looking for. Let's just pass. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Gates, th- there's one stat in this whole group that resonates with me, one stat. That's 116. That's the number of touchdown passes that Antonio Gates caught in his career. It's more than any tight end ever. We are talking about Kelsey earlier. Antonio Gates has more touchdown passes than any Mm -hmm. tight end ever, including Tony Gonzalez, who, by the way, was a first ballot choice in 2019. So I would think that would make him a first ballot choice. Um, Again, I've heard some people say, you know, we can wait on him, and I'm talking about Gates. Okay, um, but who are we going to promote at his expense? And, and and we've been really eager in the past to, to promote first ballot choices. I'm not one of those guys that feels that way. I think they've got to be first ballot worthy. But I look at this and I say, well, if we put Gonzalez in, why wouldn't we put Antonio Gates in? I mean, he's got more uh, touchdown career touchdown passes. And I think he had more Pro Bowls than he had eighth in. Um, um, most of the guys, if not all the guys, with the exception, yeah, I think all the guys on this on this list. But 
And, and the thing that's interesting to me, we know we on this ballot, we have three wide receivers, the log jam of wide receivers. Yeah. Antonio Gates not only has more touchdown passes than each of them, he has a lot more than each how of much, them. Uh, yeah, I'm, how much do those log jams hurt? Because I'm a, I, I know Jared Allen. I'm a big Jared Allen guy. He's been a finalist, yeah. I, I yep. don't know, four times or so. Um, but, you know, bit. Julius Peppers, in my estimation, he's going to wait again because Peppers is going to go in. Do I put too much weight on, you know, two edge rushers, two receivers? No, um, no. I mean, what, what what has happened in the past is people have said, how difficult is it for a guy to go to his position if there's another person who's equally as good or two others who are at his position who are vying for that that spot? To me, it doesn't hurt them because you look at six of the last seven years, we put in two players at one position, six of the really? last seven, includes, including in 2018, I think it was, we put in two uh, at, at, at two positions. We had Erlacher and Ray Lewis at, at linebacker, yeah, and we had yeah. Owens and Moss at wide receiver in the same class. So it didn't bother them. And, you know, you go back to 2017, we had Davis and uh, LaDainian Thomas, and you just keep going down the list. So here um, with the wide receivers, the, the problem here with the wide receivers, we have three, Andre Johnson, uh, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne. None has really separated himself, you know, in this in this course of discussion. And and at, at some point, somebody has to. And the feeling coming out of the meetings last year was we've got to promote somebody, which I don't quite understand. I'd say we've got to promote somebody if he's worthy. If they're not, I'd toss all three. Instead of just keeping him around and bringing him back each year. I think the most worthy is Andre Johnson, to be honest with you. All three have Hall of Fame credentials. But if they keep sitting there, there must be a reason. And Andre Johnson, to me, I would say would be the most worthy only because he played with a franchise where they didn't have great quarterbacks. Um, he wasn't the second receiver. He the go-to guy, and he excelled. And I, I, I think there was something special about him. But uh, we'll, that remains to be seen. But in answer to your question, Jody, it's a, it's a good one. No, you're not penalized because you're playing the same position as somebody else who might be equally as good. Fair enough. Last thing, we'll let you go. Will a 49er team not covered day in and day out by Clark Judge win a Super Bowl here in 2024? <laughs> well, like, I, I've given up with Kansas City. I thought Kansas City would have lost a couple games ago. Yeah. I, it's just, yeah. you know, it's a funny thing with me. It's just that I watched them play some of these opponents. Last weekend was the, the height of it. I don't understand some of the things. We were talking earlier, Jody and John, about the uh, failure to cover Kelsey, like, more than they do. Um but you go in as Baltimore, and you've got the number one rushing team against a team that really can't stop yeah. the run. I mean, Buffalo gashed them for 182 yards the previous week. So what do you do? You have Lamar Jackson throw or try to throw 41 times, and you give your running backs six carries? Six carries, what is yeah. What is going on with that? I mean, I was like, during the game, I kept saying, what are you guys doing? I mean, Lamar Jackson's not a pocket passer. We know he's most dangerous outside the pocket, especially with his legs. But um, so I, I don't know what San Francisco's got cooked up. I will tell you this. They don't stop the run very well. Last two games, they've been gashed by running yeah. backs. And, yeah. and to, so to me, the X factor in this game is not Mahomes. I think it's Pacheco. I mean, I think Pacheco could run for 200 yards against these guys. They haven't been able to stop the run. So um, I, I I would hope they, they've got something to prove here, uh, I'd love to, to get behind him, but I'm not going to because I've, I've just seen this play too many times with Kansas City. Last year, I thought the Eagles were the team to beat. I did, and they weren't, as it turns out. Uh, I thought San Francisco was the team to beat going into this year, 
Um, and I thought Baltimore and San Francisco just seemed to be a slam dunk. It just got, let's just get cut to the finish. And and we saw what happened last week. For some reason, some teams when they play the Chiefs take stupid pills and they just don't do what you go. <laughs> you know, I think we should, this is what oh, you need to be doing. Don't um, say that around McMullen. He's um, got uh, Shanahan on a pedestal. I think Kyle's great, but I don't think he's Andy Reid. Yeah, he's know. not Andy Reid. And John, this is this is an interesting thing because I've got I, 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 I've got a sensitive issue about this with Kyle Shanahan. I covered his dad, who was the offense yeah. coordinator that ninety four team. Yeah. I've got worlds of respect for both he and his father. But with Kyle Shanahan, he was the offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. 28 to oh, 3 yeah. Atlanta Super Bowl. When yeah. you should be running the ball, he's throwing yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Now he's the head coach in the Super Bowl against Kansas City. Got a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. When you should be running the ball, he's throwing it. You've got to learn a lesson. Yeah. And hopefully he will this time. And my point after this game is when they were talking about, um, we've got, you know, we, we've got to finish, we have unfinished business. The unfinished business to me is more about him than it is the 49ers. You've got a chance to redeem yourself now. You've demonstrated in two Super Bowls, you don't really have what it takes to close it, all right? So you can prove now that you can close it. But I don't know they can, because he just seems, he's a, he's a great strategist, he's innovative. A lot of teams have copied what he's doing. Um, I think he's he's wonderful in what he does the offense. But um, mm-hmm. can he close a deal? And he hasn't so far. That's the issue for me now. Just a quick, and this is, uh, I reserve the right to change my mind. You can do the same, John. You can do the same, Clark. He's got McCaffrey this time. He didn't have McCaffrey in Atlanta. He had McCaffrey with San Francisco a couple of years ago. He's got the best running back in the NFL, and I, I don't think he'll shirk him this time if he's protecting a lead he, he, in the game. But he's so got to he get the lead because he's played from behind two weeks running now. You, you didn't have to have McCaffrey when you have 28 to three late in the third. Yeah. Makes a little different. You're right. You're the, right. The, the, the Julio Jones catch would be one of the most iconic in that Super Bowl plays in NFL history. If he just would have laid up and kicked that, the field goal right. and just that's took the right. win. Um, yeah. And, you, and yeah. John, you had third and one, right? They give yeah. the ball to Freeman. Instead, he decides, oh, he's going to throw it. And he gets yeah. not only sacked, but strip sacked. And then yeah. we know what happened now. Yeah. Mr. Judge, always a pleasure, my friend. Enjoy your Hall of Fame duties coming up, and then enjoy the bowl itself. Always. Yeah, fun. you guys got me worked up. Now I got to pack myself <laughs> nice after that after that Buddy Parker conversation. Wow, I just a lot here. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. That's Thanks, Clark. Clark. Clark Judge, talk of fame. He does some work for the thirty third team, and his eye test for two podcasts he does with our buddy Ira Feldman from uh, Kaufman from down in. Uh, uh, Tampa is also a great listen. All right, McMullen, McDonald coming back. Put up on the show. We're going to be quick, almost out of time.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Appreciate you staying with us here on Birds 365 like we appreciate both Mike Gill and Clark. You and I both love Clark. We're old school. We like the old school conversation, the Hall of Fame stuff. His his grasp and and memory of it is as good as anybody on the planet. And I did kind of throw him a setup curveball right down the middle of the plate about his uh, former Lions coach, which he loves to talk about. He's been overlooked for the Hall of Fame for years. And it didn't even dawn on me that, yeah, the fact that the Lions got to the championship for the first time in forever, yeah, brings to light the fact that it has been that long. And he had him there on the regular, which could help his candidacy for just this year. So good for uh, Clark Judge on that one. All right, Johnny Mac, what are you going to be bringing to the table tomorrow? New coach, new rumor, Belichick, what happened to Vrabel? A little crystal ball action here. Uh, the Eagles talk that it's senior bowl week. So, you know, you get the Eagles talk to so-and-so stories like, yeah, all right. They're going to talk to a bunch of people, but you know, everybody likes to overreach with that kind of stuff. Oh, right. they talked to, they talked to a running back yesterday. I forget his name, but. Oh, hey, say, talk- will it be a running back? Will it be a linebacker? Which yeah. of the positions they never change their well, opinion I, 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 By the way, it was uh, Andrew DiCecco, our buddy, who's going to be on the show tomorrow, so he'll be able to talk. But he's very plugged in when it comes to draft stuff. Um, and uh, he mentioned that they uh, met with uh, you know, the best running back that was there, Dylan Laub uh, um, new, from New Hampshire. Um, who had a big day at the Senior Bowl? Eagles talked to him. So New, New Hampshire, does it, you have to get Chip Kelly's blessing if you're going to talk? Maybe, to the maybe. 
By the way, there's talk that Chip wants back in the NFL, by the way. Does, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. But Does Chip even take Howie's calls or texts, or do you think he's got them? Well, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, think they're, they're – I don't think they have a great relationship. I'm guessing like, that know. they're not talking twice a week. That's just yeah. a guess on my part. All right, Johnny Mac, uh, he'll be here tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. The question is, will you be here tomorrow? You can you can signify. You can vote now by hitting the like button on the way out. Go, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow because Birds 365 is where I turn for my Eagles conversations in the morning. You can do it again tomorrow because we're back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.